As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscaglia, and with me is my podcast co-host, Matthew Fairburn. And we are discussing the Bills, not only the upcoming matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, but a gasp, perhaps a little conversation on playoff seeding. Can it be in Buffalo that we're actually looking at what uh, the ramifications are week in and week out for for seeding purposes? I mean, I know there's a lot of uh, superstitious folks out there that are probably like, whoa, hang on just a minute. It's only nine games into the season, but the Bills are seven and two, and it's probably a good thing to start looking at this stuff because it all kind of came into focus uh, on Thursday night. We're taping this on Friday around noon. And it all kind of came into focus with the most recent result where the Colts beat the Titans and the Colts took the lead in the AFC South. And more importantly for the Bills, it dropped the Titans down to six and three on the season, which means the Bills, regardless of what they do against the Cardinals, will be ahead of the Titans heading into their week 11 bye. So all of these, uh, all of these different things, it's, Time to start maybe talking about seeding and and potential matchups. So, I think uh, Matthew Fairburn, this this is a this is a first for us. We've we've never done this. I mean, we've we've been doing this podcast for a long time, and um, I don't know that we've ever talked about seeding this early on in in a regular season. If yeah, definitely not ever. Now, typically this time of year, it's you know we're talking about tiebreaker rules and what the bills need to do just to get into the playoffs now you know usually that's um even last year i think there was there was some of that and i think a big part of it is because of the patriots the presence of the patriots basically meant that the bills were always playing for a wild card and with only a couple of spots it, it made things a little bit tricky and now not only are the patriots gone but there's an extra playoff spot in the afc and that makes it so that 
you know, the Bills have a commanding lead in the division. I know there's a lot of people that are worried about Miami, but really the the Bills have a pretty comfortable cushion over the Dolphins. They could make it even more comfortable potentially this weekend. But they also have, you know, there's seven playoff spots in the AFC and really only nine te- there's only nine teams above 500 in the conference. So nine teams that you would consider legitimate contenders unless you're afraid of the Patriots or Broncos, you know, going on some sort of run or the Chargers running the table or something like that. There's not that many teams in the mix for these spots. So there's a reason over at 538, the Bills have a 94% chance to make the playoffs and they have an 87% chance to win the division. That was before last night. So it might've even improved uh, the playoff percentage, but, um, they're pretty much in at this point, unless there's some sort of unforeseen collapse uh, that, you know, I, I don't even know that um, it's possible at this point, the way that they're playing. So they're mm-hmm. pretty comfortably in. And now with last night's result, they're in a spot where the number three seed is back in play. And, and you know, heading into last night, it looked like, um, you know, Football Outsiders projects kind of the percentage chance of, landing in each spot and before last night the best chance the bills had was the four seed they were a 35 percent chance to end up with the four seed i think that will probably change after this week once everything's factored in and the the titans colts result is taken into account but that's contingent on the bills beating the cardinals yeah and i mean even bigger picture than than the big picture, which is the playoffs. I mean, beating the Cardinals this week would would be would be an immense victory. Not only because at this point the Bills uh, came away with a huge win over the Seahawks to kind of emerge um, in within the rest of the NFL, but it's also kind of to stay there with that reputation to basically go, no, this we are a good team. It's just not a one week thing. It's it's kind of a. I mean, beating the Cardinals is is no joke, especially doing it in Arizona. But in terms of the, the seeding part of it, I mean, it, it is the difference potentially between going up against the AFC North and, I mean, as long as things kind of hold, and you never quite know, but it seems like Pittsburgh and Baltimore are going to be in a fight for that AFC North um, lead, and whoever doesn't win that will probably wind up being the five seed that's just the way those or how those two teams are talented um they're kind of in a crummy year because they're in the same division and then they're two of the the better teams in the afc and as the four seed you probably don't want to play one of those teams i think if if it's me i'd rather take my chances against tennessee uh even though the bills lost to them Indianapolis, Vegas, Cleveland, Miami, one of those, somebody that's somebody else that's going to be in that sixth seed. So that that third seed is going to be pretty big for the Bills if they can get there. As long as they hang on to the division, everything like that, the, those are uh they just need to handle their business. And really, by handling their business, if they go four and three down the stretch, they're an eleven and five team, which is 
kind of weird to think about that basically barely above 500 gets them to 11 and 5, a mark that the Bills haven't seen in a very long time, but that's where they are right now. And it's it's time to start thinking a little bit bigger picture than than just getting in or just winning the division. Like what is the path to get you to where you need to go? to maybe even have some success in the playoffs. And not not only that, I mean getting into the 3 seed sets you up with a with a matchup with the second best team in the conference or with the way the playoffs are set up this year, you could wind up going up against the worst remaining team in the AFC playoffs because if the second seed gets upset because they play now in in the opening weekend of the playoffs. If they end up getting upset, then you play the team that just upset them. So, you know, if if let's say the Bills get the three seed and, you know, as it's constructed right now, let's say Vegas upsets the Chiefs like Vegas did earlier in, in the season this, this year. Then the Bills would get the Raiders in the second round of the playoffs, which would set them up for a potential berth into the AFC championship game if they handle their business on the on those two games. So, I mean, playing the six and the seven seed, potentially, as opposed to playing the five and then, you know, um, either the one or the two. I mean, that's that's a, that's, that's a huge difference here for, for the Bills. And that's why the seeding is so darn important. Yeah, regardless of whether the Bills were to, you know, or whether there was an upset in the first round, getting the three seed means you avoid the one seed until mm-hmm. the conference championship game. So right. that is uh, plenty of motivation. And as you mentioned, you're probably avoiding the AFC North in the first round. Right now, Football Outsiders has it as a 55% chance that Baltimore gets the number five seed, which is a pretty big percentage for anything at this point in the season, uh, especially for a specific seeding like that. And, you know, that all depends on whether they can close the gap on the Steelers and whether they keep winning. But I, I think the the big thing is that, it, like you mentioned, the kind of looking beyond just the first round because being in that more advantageous spot with the three seed gives you a chance at a second home playoff game and mm-hmm. it helps you avoid what will be a tough road trip regardless of who's in the number one seed there it's still pretty wide open at this point uh the Steelers obviously as the undefeated team are in in the the driver's seat there but the Chiefs still have a pretty good shot at being the number one seed the Bills still have an outside shot at it um it's not likely but it's definitely within the range of outcomes and and that's kind of why this conversation I think is worth having it it's about shifting what the next few months look like in terms of expectations and scoreboard watching because I don't think it's enough to be sneak in as a 10 win team win the division just edge out the dolphins and be the four seed you're risking another first round exit I mean the Baltimore Ravens for our you know for all intents and purposes are basically the third best team in the conference by most measures at the moment. Um, you know, the bills are the three seed, but you don't want a team that's, you know, a, a coin flip of who's better between uh, you and that team in the first round. You'd rather a team like the Colts, 
even the Titans, as tough a matchup as they are, there, there's this is a tough conference uh, this year. I think it's the better of the two conferences, and it's going to be a tough path to winning a few playoff games, and you might as well uh, make it as easy as possible. So, yes, they're going out west to play the Arizona Cardinals. It's a non-conference game. It's not going to impact their tiebreakers or anything like that. But I think getting one up in the win column as a team at the top of the standings is always huge, conference or not. So Bills fans almost have to recalibrate their brains to not think so much about those tiebreakers and think about the win column. Because um, while I understand this is not a must-win game by any means, but if you want a shot at the one seed or the two seed, it's pretty close to must-win. Still very much in contention for the three seed if they lose this weekend. But um, getting a game in hand on the AFC South heading into the bye week would would certainly make the week off a little bit a little bit easier for this team. Yeah, I'm of the belief that um, if we're talking about projecting into the future, unless something happens to Patrick Mahomes, I'm I'm thinking the Chiefs will be that one seed and any chance the Bills could have to avoiding the Chiefs up until a potential spot in the AFC Championship game, they need to fight tooth and nail for because they are at least from what I've seen them to be both in person and on television they are the best team in football right now and they don't really I mean they they have a minor flaw on defense but like they're just stacked at so many different places they're getting healthier like it's it, that's that's the team to avoid, and of course they're the Super Bowl champion, so you it's a little bit easier to say that. But even still, the way that they've been playing this year, their creativity, um, how Mahomes has basically taken a back seat in some games, um, and they've still just dominated for the most part. Like that that is that's the best team in the AFC. Um, you know, with much respect to the Steelers, who are eight and zero on the season, but you know the Chiefs are just. A, a little bit of a different cut and uh and they i think would be the ones you would want to avoid so let's say they do get to that one seed that makes this game against arizona which is very much a winnable matchup for the bills it's i don't know if it's necessarily um as easy as uh as some of their other matchups before but this is, I mean, it's a good Arizona team with an explosive offense and one that we're going to get into later when we get into the prediction part of the show. But, I mean, this is a game that good teams go and handle their business, right? I mean, the Bills are 7-2. and two. They just beat the Seahawks, and, uh, and it would mean so much to them. And like you laid out, it would give them a game and a half on both AFC South teams, let alone just the Titans. Um, and that is an advantage. I mean, don't forget the Titans and Colts turn around and play each other, I believe in another week here. So that if they can just beat up on each other again, so that gives the bills a a pretty good opportunity to not only give themselves some breathing room, but once they get back from the bye, they've got the chargers. They can even space it out a little bit more chargers and then the Niners and who knows where the Niners will be from an injury report perspective. So this is at least just looking at it. This is setting up 
as a very promising stretch for the Bills, and they could get to some records that they haven't seen in a very long time. And it starts this weekend. I mean, the the Cardinals, like I said, they're not going to be a pushover. They're a talented team, and they are a team on the rise. Maybe maybe a year before their their true potential, but regardless, this is this is a darn good roster. Uh, you know, um, that's led by one of the most explosive young quarterbacks in the league. That's playing at uh, at an extremely high level, and he, they basically run that entire show through him so th- this is this is a, a big potential statement game not only for seeding but just just in general to say okay they beat the seahawks now what's next go to arizona potentially beat the cardinals yeah as we transition into the matchup um to set the the stage for how how big eight wins could be you mentioned that the titans and colts play one another um last week in november so in a couple weeks the, in between that, the Colts play the Packers and the Titans play the Ravens. Um, the Colts also, or the Titans also play the Packers later in the year. Uh, and then they have the Browns, Jaguars, Lions, and Texans. So the Titans are sitting at six wins right now with games against the Browns, Jaguars, Lions, and Texans still on their schedule. Uh, getting to 10 should not be a problem for the Titans. Uh, getting to 11, somewhat realistic if they can get their act together and and win one of those games against the Ravens, Colts, or Packers. The Colts schedule is Packers this week, Titans the following week. They have two games against the Texans in three weeks, uh, sandwiched with a game against the Raiders, and then they finish the season against the Steelers. So, and they play the, and then they no, they play the Steelers and then the Jaguars at the end of the year. So, again, another pretty realistic path to 10 wins. It's a matter of, you know, can they get to 11? So, you know, it's not going to be, um, you know, it's not, it, it'll probably take more than 10 wins to get the three seed. And mm-hmm. getting to eight with as many games in hand as the Bills have here would be, would be pretty huge. Yeah, so I think that's that's the right time to kind of get into this matchup because this is going to be a fun game again. I mean, the NFC West just in general is fun this year. You know, uh, unfortunately, the the 49ers have fallen onto some injuries to make it less fun. But still, Nick Mullins kind of makes it kind of a, a live game for them. He, he just kind of chucks it around the yard. So they, you could still see a bunch of points in the NFC West. But... I mean, the Bills have seen the Rams. They beat the Rams uh, by three points in a where uh, in a game where both teams scored thirty plus points. Um, we've seen the Cardinals and Seahawks go toe to toe, go to overtime, uh, both scoring thirty plus points. We see we we've seen the Bills put up forty plus on the Seahawks in a game where the Seahawks put up thirty plus, and the Cardinals are just kind of in that new NFL norm where uh, they're they're putting up bunches of points every single week. So this is this is setting up as such an intriguing matchup for so many different reasons, and first and foremost is because of the guy that's that's leading the ship for them. Kyler Murray has been outstanding this year. I'm sure every single person that has had him in fantasy football this season have been like, "Yep, he's been great. Um, he's running the ball uh, a ton. He's not um, 
he's not taking as many big-time negative plays as he did as a rookie, which is only natural for a progression. They're finding new ways to use him and all of these different ways that the Bills have to have a very defined game plan to try and deal with this guy because he has just been electric. And, I, you know, I, I've got some thoughts as, as to what they could do to help defend him. But, I mean, just when when you've watched the Cardinals play, I mean, uh, what have you seen from Kyler and, like, like how what what can the bills actually do against this guy yeah i think a lot of people want to take kyler murray and say the bills shut down russell wilson they can shut down kyler murray and i i know the the comparison is there to make there's some some you know similarity between the two quarterbacks they're both pretty short um they can both move, but I do think they're different players and these are different offenses. Kyler Murray is arguably the most explosive athlete at the quarterback position. He's right there with Lamar Jackson. Um, Mm -hmm. And Kyler Murray has 23 runs of 10 plus yards this season. That's second in the NFL behind Dalvin Cook. Uh, So he also runs twice as often as Russell Wilson does this season and yet is still averaging the same per carry average as Russell Wilson. So he is a guy that they're going to lean on in that part of the game. And they're going to do it with a lot of designed runs, a lot more designed runs than, you know, the Bills saw last week against uh, the Seahawks. And that read option game is a different challenge. Uh, Not one that they see often, you know, a, a once every four year matchup here. They've never played against Cliff Kingsbury. They've never played against Kyler Murray. So a whole lot of new things to prepare for in a one week stretch in a game that, you know, isn't really um, one that they, they typically see. And I think it's, it's the element of Kyler Murray running. That is, is probably the biggest thing they have to look out for because he is fast enough to, create a 20 30 40 yard gain on the ground if you let him get away um he, he can make that happen in the blink of an eye but he's also a really good passer and and we've seen him push the ball down the field um, they run a lot of short screen passes but he also uh, has the deep accuracy to to push it downfield has the targets to do it so i think the running will will get a lot of attention and rightfully so and to me, it puts a lot of strain on Tremaine Edmonds to potentially be a spy and, you know, kind of cover him sideline to sideline. Uh, but also your secondary players just have to be able to tackle. They have to constantly have, you know, one eye in the backfield and be ready to take on Kyler Murray in the open field because it's not going to be easy to bring him down. And I do think the Bills have the tackling defensive backs to to corral them when that happens. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, the 
whole Murray phenomenon is is interesting, and how they use him is is very uh, intriguing, and it's it's a little bit of what the Bills had to prepare for with Lamar Jackson last year, but it's also something completely its own animal because, you know, with due respect to Lamar Jackson, because he he is a good thrower, Kyler Murray is better. And I don't really think that's debatable at this point, especially with the struggles that Lamar has had so far in uh, this season uh, in, in throwing the ball around. So when you have to just go and try and create a game plan to defend this particular player because you know due respect to DeAndre Hopkins who is a phenomenal receiver in the NFL he's not the focal point here and because the guy that's that's throwing him the ball every single play is the one that is the true reason that if you limit what he can do <clears throat> excuse me, if you limit what he can do, then you're limiting what the offense on the whole um, can do this in this game. And I think for the Bills, there's going to be a heavy emphasis on stopping uh, stopping Kyler Murray from the outside in. And this is where the the Lamar game plan kind of comes into play. I think there's a there's a good chance that we can see that we see the Bills kind of remind uh, the the players that were there last year and the players that are there this year that they have to approach Kyler differently than they do in any other zone read situation. Like Cam Newton was one thing because you have to be really uh, on your game to see if he's handing the ball off, if he's not. But Cam Newton is not the quick twitch athlete that Kyler Murray is. I mean, if you take one false step towards the uh, towards the back, then there is no hope of catching up to Kyler Murray when when he goes to the outside. Like if he gets the edge, he's gone, and you're you're not catching up to him. So the one thing that I recall them stressing above all else last year was having a squared base and and being squared up, uh, basically having your shoulders be parallel with the goal line, and that's a smart approach because not only is it discouraging Kyler Murray from from keeping those and you know, just just from watching a few of his games, he prefers to keep the ball and and make the play with his legs because that interior line doesn't really generate much room for their backs. We've seen both Kenyon Drake when he's been the feature guy and Chase Edmonds struggle with with that because they just haven't been able to clear up enough room. And so Murray is finding more success by by keeping and, and going with it. But you would need defenders that are able to stay square. And we saw, I, I remember clear as day, we saw Tremaine Edmonds do a nice job of it last year against the Ravens. Same thing with, uh, with Shaq Lawson. Um, Trent Murphy did a nice job of it last year. And, of course, they didn't have Addison. And, um, you know, they, they had Matt Milano in their holster for that game. But even still, I mean, that's kind of the approach that at least I would have going into it and I think it's I mean following where the Bills kind of tried to go with with the Ravens game plan it would be a I think a good place to start in how they they start to defend uh, Kyler Murray yeah I think so I think like you mentioned they're 
it's a different it's a it's a different scheme too, which is what makes it yes. you know weird. They spread the ball out, you know, they spread you out horizontally and you know are able to beat you that way. They run a lot of screens, they run a lot of stuff like that, so that um, you're not you know the Ravens have more of that power running style, and and to that extent, so do the the Patriots probably, right? You know, Cam Newton's more of a a guy that's going to run you over. Um, than necessarily run by you, at least the way Kyler Murray or slide in front of you. Right, exactly. He's he's (laughs) like you know, I mean Kyler Murray makes Cam Newton look slow, and Cam Newton is not really slow. So, um, agreed. I I think that's part of the challenge with this game as well is that it's not just a different kind of player; it's a different kind of scheme that that you just don't see a lot of. And yes, football is football to to some extent, and everybody's seen every version of, of every scheme, but Cliff Kingsbury as a play caller is, um, is different. They're going to run some different concepts and, um, you know, stress the defense in different ways. I do think, you know, certainly the defensive ends play a huge role here. You you have to be willing to stay at home. Um, as long as those guys are winning on the interior and, and able to handle the running backs, because they do have good running backs too, right? Kenyon Drake yeah. uh, and and Chase Edmonds are, are, are good running backs. But I, I think Murray is the guy that you always have to have an eye on if you're a defensive end. And we saw them lose contain against Ryan Tannehill earlier in the season. Um, you know, we saw them, uh, you know, do a good job against Russell Wilson last week with some blitzing. But Kyler Murray is really one did. of the, the best in the league at avoiding sacks. So um, the blitzing has to be calculated. It has to be timed properly. And, you know, all the RPOs and all the read option stuff that they're going to do is going to make that even trickier. Yeah, no doubt. I think um, that stressing that to their edge defenders as to why it is so integral to their game plan i mean hughes in particular did a really nice job because that's that's an area where he tends to struggle from time to time because he'll he'll bite uh on uh, you know deceptive plays or he'll lose his his edge contain and it'll allow the quarterback to go out the back end if if they have some scrambling ability which is what you alluded to with the tennessee game but like you said he in particular did a great job of it against the Seahawks where, and and it, it was on the play leading up to Poyer's interception where Hughes didn't panic. Uh, when Wilson got a little bit outside him, he stayed on his feet. He didn't jump at, at Russell Wilson at any time caused Wilson to kind of, you know, recalibrate a couple of different times. And by the end of it, he threw off his back foot and Poyer was able to read him step in front and get the interception. So that's just the type of play that they're going to need. But that's where it starts. It's not just an edge thing, though, because the only way this will work for the Bills is if they get some solid contributions from their defensive tackles. And that's kind of, as we've been pretty uh, uh, pretty common to point out, that that has been an area of weakness for the Bills this season. So I think there's a pretty good chance um, or at least a, an above 50% chance that we end up seeing all 10 defensive linemen on the active roster uh, up for this game. Because I think you want Harrison Phillips available to you this game because he's a bigger body that, um, you know, he'll give you some good plays against the run. 
especially with Zimmer kind of cooling off against um, against the Seahawks last week. And then you want all of your edge defenders because while AJ Epinesa might get pinned inside on uh, on some run plays, I think on zone read he can be an asset because he'll have the athleticism to, to be able to move side to side if um, if the defensive tackles are doing handling their job in the middle and winning in those plus matchups. And then if Kyler Murray ends up getting a little, uh, I guess, a little anxious and wants to take it anyway, even though the read isn't there, then I think Epinesa is one of those guys who can kind of slide side to side with him, force him out wide even more and wait for um, his defending teammates to come help him out and minimize the gain, which is a lot of the reason why the Bills were so successful against Lamar Jackson last year. But that's just the start of it. The other part of it is because the Cardinals are going to drop back to pass a bunch. And it's not all going to be zone read. It's not going to all be RPOs. Um, that's that's a part of their offense. But they're also one that's that's willing to, to spread it out with, with Hopkins, Kirk, Isabella, Fitzgerald, uh, Dan Arnold. Uh, Daniels, their, their tight end. Max Williams, their tight end. They're, they're willing to do all this stuff. And which is why it makes the edges even more important here, because I don't think that you can sell out to rush the passer in this game. If you do that, you're screwed. You're, you're getting those chunk plays that you're talking about, 20, 30, 40 yards, where uh, Kyler Murray is just able to get out into some space. And especially especially in zone coverage against some of these types of receivers, there's going to be some pockets for him to run into, uh, especially if he gets past the quarterback spy, if that is indeed Tremaine Edmonds. So those keeping kind of a a proverbial shell around the Bills, I think might be a, a way they can go about it, where the edge defenders focus more on keeping this, this shell around him and keeping him hemmed into the pocket and the defensive tackles staying in their rushing lanes as well, maybe even bringing in a uh, a late uh, pass rusher as a linebacker or a safety or something just to kind of adhere to that shell so that way because the one tendency that Murray does have is he tends to drift backward and if you give him that release valve to drift backward then that gives him the potential for more negative plays so I think that could be a way but again you need that sound edge um, that sound edge uh, reliance here in this game in order to have a fighting chance to slowing down this offense which is why I think those edge guys are going to be absolutely everything in this game. Yeah, the the Cardinals passing game isn't one that you can, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks make such a living off of deep passing and, you know, a huge chunk of Russell Wilson's yardage, um, you know, comes on the deep throws uh, and the big plays. And that's a lot of what made their offense so dangerous. The Cardinals kind of mix it up they can kind of do whatever um they'll run a lot of screens but they'll also you know r- run some quick intermediate stuff they'll take their deep shots when they're there it's a pretty you know diverse passing offense in terms of the schemes that they run and that does make it you know tricky it's not as if deandre hopkins um is you know he is the, the focal point of the passing game even if kyler murray is going to get a lot of the attention during the week in terms of slowing down his running ability, DeAndre Hopkins is still one of the best receivers in football. So that that becomes an issue where um, when that guy's not the focal point, 
he's even more dangerous as he's shown this year, uh, much like uh, Stefan Diggs, you know, pretty abnormal in the way that, you know, getting traded and still having as big an impact as he's having on this passing game. Uh, one of the best receivers in football. He's given Tredavious White some trouble in the past. I'm sure Tredavious White has had this game circled uh, on his calendar since the end of last season after Hopkins really took it to him in the second half of that playoff game. He's not DK Metcalf uh, in terms of size, you know, speed, uh, and and just strength and all that. But he is probably a better route runner than DK Metcalf. He's mm-hmm. probably the best receiver at the catch point in the NFL. Uh, he is just so hard to to win those 50-50 battles with. It's uh, 50-50 doesn't even accurately describe it when when it's Hopkins because he is he just refuses to to not come down with the ball and. I think that's what makes him really hard to guard because you can guard him all the way and still lose because he's just that good. Um, he has great hands and and he's just super competitive. So that's a, a big, big test for Tredavious White, especially knowing um, that they have other options. Uh, they have, um, you know, guys out of the backfield that can make plays. Uh, you mentioned Isabella Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, who hasn't done much this year, but he's he's Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you you got to cover him, um, and I think that's what uh, is is fun about this this passing offense, and it makes this an interesting matchup because while the Bills have the certainly have the guys to you know tackle in the open field uh, in the secondary, um, you know a guy like Taron Johnson will probably be put to the test a decent amount in this game, um, and. Tredavious White, again, you know, when you play these these great receivers, all eyes will be on you. He came up with the big play last week, um, let up a good amount of yards to DK Metcalf, but that's going to happen. He came up with the play that mattered and against a young quarterback who has been prone to some mistakes this season. He's, he's definitely not uh, immune to mm-hmm. turning the ball over. That This could be another week where that's ends up swinging the game one way or the other, whether this defense is able to come up with those plays. Yeah, no doubt. I think if the Bills, um, if they have their druthers, I'm not even sure that they would have Tredavious White shadow DeAndre Hopkins just because of all of the emphasis being on Kyler Murray. I mean, they they clearly showed that it wasn't super important to them last week because there were plenty of snaps where Metcalf was lined up in front of Levi Wallace. So it's not as though they're they're trusting their scheme as opposed to player-to-player matchup whether that's a mistake or not I mean I guess we'll have to see but they were able to escape with a win over Seattle and got some pretty big turnovers while doing so and that Trey White pick that that uh, we're talking about here where he he forced a big play he was not even on Metcalf in that play so when you have different elements that can help out your defense then you do it the one thing that we'll have to track as we get closer to the game is the availability of Micah Hyde, who obviously, if he's playing, that's a big deal because of how he's able to defend the deep middle and defend the deep ball, which would take away a potential threat to push it down the field to guys like Christian Kirk or Isabella. So if he's able to play, I mean, he, he, it didn't look like he was practicing on Friday. He was in the warm up line. 
Seemed like he was moving around on the ankle. Okay. Um, if I had to guess, I think he plays. Uh, but that is just a guess. I will stress that. And if he is able to play, then that's that's another huge thing for the Bills here. But it's it's so weird talking about a team that has DeAndre Hopkins on it, and yet we're we're not we're not thinking about him as the focal point. It's just that's just what the Cardinals are. It's it's who they are, and um, and while he is a dangerous player that they have to be cognizant of, and they can't just leave him leave him alone. I don't know that they're going into game planning in this game going, uh, got to stop DeAndre Hopkins. Just, just, that's just not who the Cardinals are, and it's it's kind of wild to think that way. Well, and they've seen DeAndre Hopkins before. They're not— Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, they're not, like, going to be—they don't have to spend extra time wondering about DeAndre Hopkins because they've seen him. Uh, they've done well against him, and it's not necessarily anything that you scheme up against DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, all right— Go cover him, um, you know, and a lot of times it may probably not the whole game, but a good amount of the time, I'm sure Tredavious White will have to make some plays on him. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so there's not as much that needs to be paid attention to in terms of just the the scheme aspect, which is a little bit more important with a guy like Kyler Murray, who they haven't seen uh, and everything like that. Um, I mean, but DeAndre Hopkins is still averaging, you know, nine and a half targets a game, just under 10 targets a game. He's in the top 10 in the league in that category. He's a guy that they look for down near the goal line. He's a guy that they look for deep. Um, You know, he's been targeted uh, 20 plus yards down the field nine times this year. So definitely, you know, same amount as Stephon Diggs. He's had a very similar impact on that offense as Diggs Mm -hmm. has had uh, here in Buffalo. And I I think, you know, he, he will, he'll get his because that's what he does. But mm-hmm. the big thing will be whether the Bills are able to somehow keep Kyler Murray from being too much of an asset in the running game. They have really leaned on him in the running game the last few weeks. He's touched the ball 35 times as a runner uh, in the last three games. So they're starting to get an idea for how to use him. Um, the two games, the two teams that really slowed him down as a runner were the lions and the jets, uh, the lions, he only ran 20 for 29 yards on five carries against the jets. He ran for 31 yards on nine carries. He did manage a touchdown in both of those games. So it's not as if, um, take it away completely, but, um, so that there have been teams that have stopped him and the keys are kind of what you mentioned, the, the contain on the defensive ends, uh, and just having linebackers who are disciplined with their eyes and, athletic enough to make the tackles when they're there. And I think your slot players, your secondary players being able to tackle in the open field stops a 10 yard gain from being a 20 yard gain and et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, it's definitely a team that that they're going to score. They, they score a lot. They run a ton of plays. Um, You know, they're, they're scoring at one of the higher rates in football right now. So again, for the second straight week, it'll be you know, how much can, can Josh Allen and the offense keep up? Cause that'll be part of the challenge. Yep. All right. Let's get to the prediction portion of the show, just to set it all up for the second straight week. The bills are playing in a game where the total on the game is the highest on the schedule. Um, it is at 
currently, according to DK Sportsbook, at 56 and a half points, two points greater than the Seahawks Rams matchup. The Bills are currently two and a half point underdogs on the road in a game that is, of course, in um, in Arizona where they play in a dome stadium, so you don't have to worry about weather conditions. So, and I believe the the total on the game started at 49 points and then got bet way the heck up. So uh, now it's now it's at the top of of the league. So we'll have to see where that lands once kickoff gets here. So Matthew Fairburn, kick us off here. Um, Bills versus Cardinals. Who do you got? Who covers the spread? And uh, who? Uh, what happens with the total of the game? Earlier in the week, I thought I would pick the Cardinals, but I'm going with the Bills. Uh, I think I think they'll be able to do a pretty decent job on Kyler Murray. Uh, I think he'll be a bigger problem as a runner than a passer probably in this game. Um, presuming that, that Micah Hyde's okay and is able to play, uh, that's a big part of it. But even so, I, I just think they've they've done a pretty good job scheming up against uh, quarterbacks in the past. The running aspect is a little bit of a concern, but I, I do think that the Bills have the advantage on this Cardinals defense. Um, I don't think Patrick Peterson is necessarily um, the right skill set to be erasing Stefan Diggs from the game. They will blitz if they get in, in the, the right situations. They're, they're a blitz-heavy defense. Um, but Josh Allen's been pretty good against the blitz this year. So I, I think they can score enough to keep up. Um, and I do think that the defense is somewhat turning a corner with how they played last week, despite the points, despite the yards. The turnovers is the big thing, and Murray is uh, certainly prone to some of those. So I'll, I'll take the Bills to win the game, and I – I still really like the over at 54. I think it's... Uh, it's at 56 and a half. Oh, is it at 56 and a half? Last I looked, it yeah. was at 54. Um, yeah, at, at DK Sportsbook, down. it's 56 and a half, which is crazy. I'll still take the over. I think there's going to be a ton <laughs> of... I think there'll be 60 points scored in this game. Um, and, you know, one way or the other. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable with the over. I think it'll be a, a somewhat similar game, um, you know, scoring-wise to last week. But I, I think the Bills will win. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think for this game, uh, we we laid out a lot of what will need to be necessary for the Bills and and how they defend the Cardinals. I mean, the edge contain will be everything. Um, Epinesa, Hughes, Addison, Murphy, those four guys are going to be um, the focal point of their defensive structure here. And it needs to siphon the plays back inside. So that means, and and the Cardinals' interior of their offensive line isn't great, and they're a little banged up too. Their right guard um, missed at least a day of practice this week. I think he missed two days of practice actually, even though the injury report didn't come out on Thursday. And uh, they're still waiting to get their normal starting guard, Jr. Sweezy, back. Uh, he's he's was listed for return off injured reserve, but I don't I don't know that he's going to be able to play this week, even if even if they do get the guy that was replacing him, Murray, at right guard, this is a, a plus matchup for those defensive tackles to win on the inside. And it's so important that they do because if they if they shore up those, those rushing lanes, they're going to start to get Kyler Murray to panic a little bit. So if you, if you um, win those matchups, which are winnable for this Bills team, even though they've struggled at defensive tackle, and then you hold true to your keys 
on the outside and contain him, then you can force the Cardinals either to take some negative plays or some sh- really short gains with their uh, with their read option stuff and their zone read stuff and um, and get them outside and, and wait for your defensive packs to, co- to come help. But then you might also be able to get the Cardinals to maybe not abandon it, but to not call it as often as they normally do, which will help you as a defense trying to figure out what to do. I think another way that they could defend him is something that they've they've shown the last couple of weeks is they've they've had Tremaine Edmonds line up on the outside, shaded outside of the defensive end a few different times to discourage um, discourage teams from from running to the outside. And if he winds up being the edge defender uh, in those zone read plays, then that's a spot where he can be successful because he's as capable as anybody on that defense to deal with Kyler Murray in those situations. So that's that, that those will be the keys defensively. Offensively, I'm with you all the way. I think I, I don't know where the Cardinals uh, have an advantage on the Bills. Um, Stefan Diggs, I think, can play well against Patrick Peterson. Uh, I think the offensive line can win up front against a below average pass rush, even though they blitz a bunch. Um, the one guy to keep an eye on is Marcus Golden, who who uh, they just traded for. He he put together some nice snaps last last week against Miami. But, you know, even though they're getting some members of their secondary back with Drake Kirkpatrick and, and Byron Murphy, um, I, I, I think the Bills receivers are better than them. I think the offensive line is better than their defensive line. And I don't know that their man coverage is going to be able to stand up to the Bills and, and how they're throwing the ball around right now. So, long-winded again, I know. I'm going to take the Bills again this week. Uh, I, I think they have enough playmakers and they have the right skill set. And more importantly, they have the right minds to try and limit a, a, an offense like this to prepare their players enough for, for a game like this one, especially with nothing on the back end of this game. They've got a bye week. So all of their focus and attention is this game and winning this game and going to Arizona because they know they've got a break after it. So I, I like the Bills. Um, and obviously because I took the Bills, uh, I, I have them covering the spread, which they're two and a half point dogs. And I'm actually going to take the under in this game because I think the Bills defense is going to do a nice job. If it was the 49 point total, then I would have taken the over. But I've got the Bills winning this game 31 to 23 coming in just under the total. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see if, if, uh, we can actually, if, if we might see some limiting on points, but even 31 to 23 is a really darn compelling game. And one that, uh, I'm sure Bill's fans and Cardinals fans will have fun watching. I think they would have more fun if the over is hit and you should always root for the over. (laughs) Oh, I agree. I agree. Totally. I gotta love the over. Well, I think Bills fans in particular would like the over here if the Bills were hitting 40 and say the Cardinals were only getting to 17. But, you know, uh, I think general generally NFL fans would love every game to hit the over and hit into the 60s because offense is fun. It, it, it's really fun watching offenses go to work. And I know defensive enthusiasts are probably like, shut up. We like defense, but nah. Give, give me offense. I'm I'm big into passing attacks. They're, they're, they're fun when, when they're clicking. 
Yeah, feel, All right. I feel like the um, over is basically just a bet on a team getting the 40 points. So, right. you know, um, that's happening a lot this year. So uh, it's usually it a, a decent uh, a decent bet, and it's a fun time, even if the other team does only get into the 20s, which even scoring in the 20s feels like a, a lousy day on offense these days. I know it, especially with how the Bills have performed in, in certain weeks. All right, Matthew Fairburn, uh, any fond words of farewell before we uh, say goodbye until on sun- until Sunday? Nothing. Th- those were my, my fond words. Bet- always bet the over because it's more fun. <laughs> you're, you're never out of it with the over in a game. Sometimes. That's... Sometimes. I mean... You're never out of it, but know. sometimes it can... There, there is nothing more depressing than an over bet that just is crawling to that that marker it is uh it is not fun true but man when it hits it's a fun bet oh sure and then with the under if you if you're betting that then um you're just rooting against offense and that's not a fun time so i'm probably with you if you're gonna bet games bet the bet the over because should be fun and get it early in the week apparently because you would have gotten a (laughs) whole extra seven and a half points I know, especially with these two teams. All right, um, that'll do it for us. Uh, the next time you will hear from us will be after the game, which is a a uh, four twenty five kickoff between these two teams. So um, it'll be out a little bit later than normal, but uh, it'll be ready for you on Monday morning for your drive into work or just for your general consumption on on Monday. And if you haven't yet, please uh, head over to theathletic.com slash the buffalo beat and subscribe We've, we're running a great deal right now where you can get all of our work uh, over at the athletic for one dollar a week again that's theathletic.com slash the buffalo beat all right for matthew fairburn my name is joe Viscalia. thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the buffalo beat and we will talk to you on sunday after the game see you then